Most people think that they are choosing between the good and the bad. In reality, they are choosing between being mediocre and becoming truly great. Welcome to the Next Action Podcast with your host, Brian Wallace. In 15 minutes, we'll help our guests catapult from their current situation to a path of greatness. Welcome back, everybody, to the Next Action Podcast. I'm so grateful that you are tuning in, and we're so so happy to have you. I'm very excited about today's guest. Welcome to the show, my friend, Michael Phelan. He is the founder and principal of Go-To-Market Pros. And honestly, guys, <laughs> he helps B2B companies just show all of the sales and marketing teams that everything that they think they know all about the content marketing funnel, they all think they're all these marketing experts, everything they know is wrong. So I know that that's a, a bold statement, but welcome to the show, Michael. And tell us a little bit about what you've got going on. Let's dive yeah, in. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Brian. I uh, appreciate that, uh, that nice introduction. Um, yeah, my background kind of came out of uh, B2B sales and marketing. So I was kind of one of those guys for a lot of years. Um, and when I kind of stepped back and formed my own company uh, seven years ago, go to Market Pros, I was able to kind of see things in, uh, in a different perspective, understanding where they're at, but also seeing that more and more, I'm seeing kind of a lack of innovation uh, in B2B marketing. I talked to one CMO the other day and I said, what's your strategy for 2019? And he said to me, um, well, we're going to hire and replace more BDRs and we're going to do content marketing. And I said to him, well, isn't that the same thing you did in 2018 and you missed your number? And he said, yeah, but we're going to try and do more of it. Um, so I, I kind of think that there's so much clutter in the United States. There's about 128,000 BDRs. Um, there's an enormous amount of marketing um, that even when companies uh, go after sales and marketing reasonably well, in many cases, they're just not engaging. Uh, my final quote is I often think that I think about 90% of all content marketing is never viewed by any customer or prospect uh, and is only viewed by the marketers that create it, approve it, or review it. So I think B2B marketers need to take a step back and, and be more creative like many of their B2C consumer counterparts are uh, and do new things. Just repeating your plan from last year is unlikely to drive success. No doubt, my man. Honestly, like I feel like some of these guys, it's just like lemmings. If somebody, if everybody's jumping off the Brooklyn Bridge, you're going to do it too. Wow, I'm going to do the same thing 10 years in a row. And look, I don't even measure it. I don't know if it works. And things don't just work year to year. The internet is so fickle. Buyers are fickle. And just because you think it's B2B instead of B2C, it doesn't work that way. You still have to humanize it. It still has to be super interesting. And just also, just for the sake of everybody listening, Tell people what a BDR is, even just the words, right? Because I think people might even miss that. Yeah, so so there, uh, it's a business development rep. Uh, there are a couple of uh, different terms that can be used uh, inside sales rep, but these are folks that are either managing leads coming in and trying to convert them to a meeting, um, or they're doing outbound. Um, there's been a huge amount of hiring in inside sales, uh, uh, and while some of that has been successful in the early stage. 
Um, the volume now is becoming so high um, that uh, they're just very junior people. They're typically reaching out to senior buyers and enterprise accounts. Um, they really don't understand these businesses well. They don't a lot of times have deep insight. They're you know three or four months outside of college. So B two B marketers or B two B sellers can't hire enough of them, and their whole world has been changed to how do we manage these huge teams of people. Um, but when they engage with buyers, buyers are like, wow, you don't really know me. You don't know my business. You can't hold a conversation at the level I need to. So many of these buyers are really shutting down um, you know, these, these inroads because it's all about getting a demo and it's all about, you know, and they, and they call, call, call a hundred times and, you know, they have to have their metrics. So the buyers are getting alienated by, by this level and this volume of reach out from BDRs. So it's kind of interesting. I think 2019 will be uh, the time when the wall goes up. Uh, good analogy to use right now. But the wall goes up with buyers and they say, I'm no longer going to get involved with all these vendor pitches. Um, I'm only going to get involved if I'm sourcing and trying to solve a problem that my company prioritizes. Absolutely. Well, and well said. I think that it's natural for people to put their guard up if they know they're just going to be pitched at with a bunch of annoying stuff that they perceive as irrelevant. So I'll say this. I feel very strongly that the salespeople aren't good enough marketers and the marketers aren't good enough salespeople. And on top of that, they don't communicate because marketers might have amazing content the salespeople make their own crap, let's say, and <laughs> it's crazy, right? So salespeople are walking around with terrible materials. Marketer people might be walking around with great stuff that nobody looks at, doesn't convert, and doesn't sell. And yeah, I mean, like you said, you were kind of making a little quip at the economy. So I know you and I have talked about this at the beginning of 2019. I think that we are, since they've basically been measuring this data since uh, basically like Great Depression, World War One, all of that, we are in the second longest stretch of consecutive monthly growth. We're, right now we're at like 115, 116 months. The only other time of unprecedented growth like this was the dawn of the internet up until the dot-com bubble. So it's coming. And then you have the cool guys like Tesla's laying off people. Apple lost a ton of wealth. The crypto economy went down 80% last year. I just read something today that um, a bunch of like these like no document mortgages are happening. And we remember the whole credit default swap thing where the housing crisis decimated the world economy a decade ago. So I feel like it's coming. So everybody has to be much smarter with their money. So Michael, tell us all about how you look at content and how you've really just- yeah, I think you're right, Brian. The you know, there are some signals that things that. will toughen up a little bit uh, for marketers and for salespeople in 2019, which means they definitely have to step up their game. So um, for the last couple of years, inbound marketing really has been the game that everyone's played. And, and certainly people have got better at playing that game. Um, but the buyers also have got better at ignoring that now. So what I've done is completely reverse the model um, and come up with a program that I call Magnet Marketing. And it's fascinating. I've been testing this um, with lots of B2B companies in the past two years, and it really works well. Um, and the methodology is, is we start with a prospect meeting, uh, and then we build the content um, from the prospect meetings. So the way it works is um, I'll sit down with a company and say, I want to target these. I'll just pick retail as an example. I want to target the top 
hundred retailers in the in the country. Say this particular B two B seller has some form of retail tech, um, and I'll say, well, what problem are you really trying to solve? And a lot of times, it's a very initially very self centered problem, but they really need to define the problem in terms of the buyer, in terms of the retailer. So I'll help them decide what they want to solve or what the buyers want to solve. And then we'll come up with a best practices study around that. Um, and then I, as an independent research entity, will reach out to these contacts. I'll give an example. Someone could be at, at Apple or somebody could be at um, Best Buy. Uh, and I'll say, are you interested in solving this problem, this major problem at retail? And if you are, uh, I'd like to invite you into a half an hour call on that topic. Um, we're going to discuss best practices. And if you participate in the study, I'll give you a gift card, a decent gift card, not like a $5 Amazon card, but a hundred or $200 gift card. Uh, and I'll invite you to the report out. So when they come on the call, I introduce the sponsor, which is typically a senior person from sales. I'll interview the prospect for 15 minutes. What are you doing right now? What kinds of products are you using? What's on your roadmap? Do you have a buying team? Who's on the buying team? All the kind of critical information that none of these intent marketing platforms provide. So now you're getting a look inside deep into the account because what B2B sellers and marketers forget is that, you know, B2B selling is, is a third rational. It's a third emotional and the rest is typically highly political. Um, and these, these engines that they use to bang out emails don't get at the political side and don't get at the personal and emotional side. But when you're talking to someone on the phone, you're actually getting a lot of the facts, but you're also getting their personal motivations. You're getting a sense of the dynamics of that organization. Are they going to move fast and so forth? So after the 15 minutes, then I introduce sales as the sponsor and they ask a lot of questions like, tell me more about how you do this. Here's how we approach this problem. Is that meaningful? Here's some of the results we've gotten from that. Um, and it ends with who else in your company would be interested in solving this problem? And it, I don't ask the question, who else is interested in buying our technology, which is what most people ask. I ask who else is interested in solving the problem? And they say, talk to Joe in IT, talk to Mary in marketing. So now we're getting the advocates on the problem. Now we're getting the buying team. Um, and I follow up then with an overnight package um, of information on the program, a gift card and information from my sponsor. And then my sponsor follows up with useful information, guides, case studies, and metrics. So now we're starting a conversation with that. And so for one particular, one of my clients, they've been in the market for 20 years, uh, selling to retailers. And on 81 executive interviews, 80 of them had never heard of the company. Um, they've had VP after VP of marketing and sales. Um, they put out tons of content, tons of things. And yet 80 out of 81 companies I talked to that are their target 100 prospects never heard of them. Um, so then what we do is we package it all up. We bring it back in terms of infographics, in terms of webinars, in terms of face-to-face -face meetings, shows. We come back to all these people and say, now we're going to share what we've learned from the 50 top companies in the industry. We'll share best practices. We'll show you a roadmap. Um, we'll tell you what other people are doing. We'll tell you who solved the problem. And a lot of times they're very interested in that because they have to go back into their company. And in some cases, they actually share these documents with their executives as reason why they should invest in this area, solve this problem, and as proof 
who's the best practices in the business. So it starts with prospect and ends with content. So it's a complete reversal and it attracts people who really care, which is who you want to talk to and who cares about the problem. And that really is intent data at a level that no B2B marketer is getting at. So it's a very dramatic way. And I've had a lot of companies go with it, but other companies, they're just too conservative or they can't think differently about marketing. And I think the point on this conversation is they have to think differently in marketing in 2019 because same old will not win. Fascinating. I wish people had even a 10th of the focus that I talked to out there with us. It's such an effective plan rather than just churning out content for sake of churning out content because the other guy's doing it. So in the next uh, two and a half minutes, it looks like we have here, it sounds like really all you need for success is just leading more people into the door. So I feel like being known, I mean, I know that you worked at some really big companies. You've got a great LinkedIn profile. You've been sharing content for years, even before the LinkedIn uh, creator community was really getting things rolling over the last year or two. So I don't think you need any help on my end on that. But what about just like getting known in interviews, press, speaking engagements? What do you think about all that stuff? Yeah, I feel like if you yeah, got it's a, it's more a, it's that a stuff, really good point, Brian, and definitely appreciate this is the first podcast um, that I've done. And, so, and a lot of people have said that I should do more of them. So I'm very excited to start on this. Um, and um, I'm going to have uh, OpenView Partners in Boston, which is a really hot uh, VC and do a lot of work on B2B tech and SaaS. Um, actually uh, worked with me to publish this whole magnet marketing methodology uh, out to their database. Um, I've also, I do a lot of meetups in Boston um, and I'll speak at various uh, conferences. I've spoken at uh, American Marketing Association, um, but I think you can't do enough of that to, to get your brand out there. Uh, I do publish a lot on LinkedIn um, and I do have a lot of followers on LinkedIn and Twitter and I've been building that out. What I found is amazing. I have all these silent followers that I, I never really knew that have been following me for years. And every now and then they'll reach out to me and say, just want to say thanks for sharing that because the stuff I share is really best practices in sales and marketing. Some of it I'm involved with, some of it I'm learning, some of it I'm doing, but it's really around, I like to add value to my network and share. And if I see something interesting, I do. And when I run into someone in Boston, I feel like, you know, or in New York, they all kind of say, I, I swear I know you, but they've kind of seen my name and so forth. And I think that the business challenge is always, how do you take that kind of interest and affinity um, and get them to move forward on these programs like Magnet Marketing? And hopefully um, a podcast will be a good way to do that. For sure. Yep. And I know we're just about out of time here. So <laughs> as fast as I can say it, I would say colliding the worlds of your powerful online and offline. And also when people are spending a lot of attention in Boston, I think could be tremendous. So right off the cuff, I would say anytime there is a LinkedIn local that delivers local, regional, national attention, that's probably something great in, get great in on there. Uh, in the su spring slash summer, I know they do Boston Tech Jam. That's probably a great one. Uh, inbound is a huge summit that lots of people go to. It's not just like a HubSpot summit event, but lots of people go for a lot of reasons. Future M. I feel like all of those things, maybe even the Sloan conference, there's a whole well, number well, thanks, of times Brian. when Boston's no, really uh, in the spotlight. Advice, so I feel like I those might be the right steps uh, as well. interviewing me on this podcast. Exciting stuff. Thanks, Brian. Absolutely. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much.